Fantasy Football Podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Den Den Carter. Den Den, what's going on, man? Den, I haven't, uh, I haven't been called that since uh, I don't know the mid '90s. So I decided, I decided earlier today that that's what's gonna, that that's your new nickname. No longer Denneth, no longer Denny. It's Den Den. Den, it's it's just it's just slowly it's it's like a it's like devolving, right? It's, right. I'm just trying to get rid of you one letter at a time. Right. So I'll just be D and then I'll be the host with no name. Well, no, you just won't be my co-host. And then, right. And then and then uh, and then Jim Sands will be the host. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're we're going to replace you and it's going to be fantastic. And then it's and over. Yeah. Right. Good. Good. Well, before I go, I want to say something. I want to say something about why I'm mad online today. Yeah. If I could just real quick uh, interject on something that we've touched on in this show, which is flossing dental floss use turns out that the associated press uh asked uh, the federal government why uh why they why dental floss is recommended okay and the answer was we don't know there's no evidence really yeah yeah so it says there was a story today and someone sent it to me thank you uh uh, for for the person who sent it uh, to me on Twitter, because uh, I've complained about this in, in a past show where I show up for my my appointment, my dentist appointment, and they say, "Oh, honey, have you been flossing?" Yes, I floss. I floss all right. the time, so it makes me very mad. So so they listen to this. They patronize the hell out of you whenever you're at the dentist office. Oh yeah, it's 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 actually infuriating, right? I think I said I actually wanted to stand up and punch someone last time. So the, the the Associated Press asked the Departments of Health and Human Services and Agriculture uh, for the evidence that flossing is needed every day, right? And the government wrote a letter to the Associated Press saying that the effectiveness of flossing had never been researched. Flossing has what? since been removed. Listen, to this, has since been removed from the dietary guidelines, which are issued every five years. This is this is amazing. I mean, what does this mean? This is groundbreaking. No, I mean, it really is for all of the, you know, first of all, the discomfort. Sure. Right. Okay. Sure. It, it hurts. Okay. All the, the, you know, the bleeding that happens if you miss yeah. one day of flossing, all right. the inconvenience, you know, you look at, you show up, you show up home late one night, you the last thing you want to do is floss, but you do it anyway, because you want your, the approval from your dentist and you don't want to die of some gum disease. Right. Right. And you're but, just, a, but, he, and, but, and, but there's some days where you're just a bloody mess. But <laughs> remember, there was an office episode where where Michael Scott said that his New Year's resolution was to keep was to floss. He was like, but then I do it that New Year's night, and it, there's blood everywhere. And blah. Oh, that was such a good episode. It is a good episode. Um, but yeah, what so else? here, so here we are. There's no evidence. Yes. That's 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 insane, man. 
I feel like you I've been, this, I mean we've been lied to our whole like what, what's going to come out next. You no, know, you know what this means. This, this means that this whole time this has been a ploy by Big Floss. By Big, you're right. right. Big Floss has been taking out. We we need to start a a, a lawsuit against Wait, Big, Big Floss. Listen, Big Floss has ha, has forced us to buy their products for years, thinking that our dental health depended on it. So Big Floss is behind this. Wow. Man, they need to make a movie out of this, and we already have the title of the movie. It's called Big Floss. Big Floss. I I would watch it. And then and there's also that's also sounds like an amazing rapper name. <laughs> My boy Big Floss. Oh man, parent uh, white parents would love him so much. White parents would love exactly. It's exactly my thought. I'm thinking thinking Big Floss. I mean, he certainly caters to the 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 yeah. six year old demographic out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm so glad you're listening to Big Floss, honey. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyway. so tomorrow, Denny, I'm going to to Philadelphia to start mm-hmm. to start the three back to back to back weekend bachelor party extravaganza. Oh my God! Rest in peace, your liver. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough. So that's why that's why I needed to do this this podcast asap. I'll be back at you know back at home in between weeks. But the weekends, man, it's about to be cray, as they yeah. say. Oh. Is that what they say? Hey, it's going to be I, lit. It's going to be lit, as the kids, as the children say. Um, I uh, I am inviting, I'm having Rich Rebar over my house on Thursday. Did you know that? Yeah, I'm jealous. I think that you guys need to periscope it. We should we we should do a periscope. You're right. We should we'll we'll do the periscope uh, at midnight after uh, twelve beers each. How about that? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I don't really, what can go wrong? What can go wrong? Huh? It's I I'm really jealous of you guys though. Um, I because there was a possibility that I was going to be in D.C. this weekend too, and that would have been. I mean the the our our worlds would have blown up. Everyone else wouldn't have cared. Right. Well, that. That we we will do it some other time, but yeah, Rich came. Rich came to my house last year, um, too, and and we had we ate crabs and it was delicious. So we will do that again. Nice, very nice. All right, Denny. Today we're going to be talking about overvalued players. But before we do, why don't you let everyone know who is sponsoring this segment of Living the Stream? Yes, uh, apexfantasyleagues.com, uh, as per the usual. And uh, as usual, you should check them out if you're looking for a platform uh, you know, that provides, like we've said, flexibility, that does everything that you can do to weed out the, the luck factor. Uh, and not Andrew Luck, unfortunately, but the, <laughs> the, the, just the, the luck factor out of fantasy football and really accentuate skill uh, in fantasy, which, uh, you know, is something that any, uh, you know, fantasy footballer wor- worth his or her salt would want. Uh, one thing I, I didn't mention, uh, the last couple weeks, uh, that I really think you should check out on, on the apex fantasy league, uh, league page. Um, you can check out their, their payout system, right? So they have the, um, the highest, uh, payouts, uh, as a percentage of the league buy-in in the whole industry. Okay. Uh, they, they have a comparison on the site. Uh, so, so basically, um, you know, the, the winner and the second place and third place, uh, people in each league are getting more, more bang for their buck than on any other, uh, platform out there. So, uh, definitely check it out. Apexfantasyleagues.com. Yeah. And we got our, uh, our draft order for the, uh, for our expert league. And where are you at? 
I'm at 10, which I, I don't hate, I guess. No, you're not five like I am, which is quite oh. literally the worst spot to be in. It's going to be awful. You, drafting, you're, drafting you're, after, in a, you're in a desert. Yeah, and I'm drafting after boy, young boy. Boy, it's young gonna, boy. Mm. It's going to be bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, we'll, you're, we'll you're going to we'll be, be so thirsty. Yeah, we'll be tweeting, we'll be tweeting uh, the results of that and such. Uh, and we'll, we'll probably be talking about it on this podcast too. Um, yeah. All right, Denny. So today we're going to talk about overvalued players. Uh, now that it's August, I think that it's time to start doing a little bit more player evaluation. The last few podcasts have been very focused on strategy, so hopefully those have helped. Now, now we can take that strategy and associate players with them. So with that being said, what we're looking at here are guys, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, that have horrendously low or high ADPs, and it should be the opposite. Uh, so if you want to start kick it off you want me to kick it off how about i kick it off i'll kick it off i think you should okay the first guy i want to talk about is the quarterback of my pittsburgh steelers and that's ben roethlisberger mm. uh it just it doesn't make any sense right now he's going at 5.12 uh in on fantasy football calculator now obviously this data is going to skew towards uh earlier quarterbacks just simply because uh you have casual people doing these drafts and, and people that might not be as into uh, drafting quarterbacks late, but Ben Roethlisberger right now, guys is going ahead of Drew Brees in these drafts. Uh, one, mm. one pick ahead, which is, which is baffling to me uh, in 12 years. Roethlisberger has thrown 30 or more touchdowns. You know how many seasons Denny hmm. Tw- twice, mm. twice Brees. Meanwhile, in 15 seasons has done it eight times. Makes no sense. To be putting just based on that makes very little sense to be putting Big Ben over Drew Brees. But there's more. The Steelers we already know are down Martavis Bryant. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big deal to that offense. I think anyone with eyes know that that's a that's a big deal. Uh, over the last two years, 2014, 2015, when Martavis Bryant has been in the league with Martavis Bryant in the lineup, that's 19 games worth of data with with Ben Roethlisberger and Martavis Bryant in the lineup. Ben Roethlisberger averages 2.11 touchdowns per game and three uh, about 336 passing yards per game, which are both pretty absurd numbers. I mean, the touchdowns, you're on pace for, what, 35-ish. Uh, passing yards, you're on pace for, like, over 5,000. I mean, it's, it's absurd. His fantasy mm-hmm. points per game in standard leagues is 19.8 fantasy points. Now, that number with Martavis Bryant, uh, his fantasy points average, is the same as what we saw from Blake Bortles last season uh, in – so it's a top five number, right? Without Martavis Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger's touchdowns dip to 1.33 per game from 2.11. His passing yards go from 336 to 279.5. And his fantasy points per game dropped to 15.38. So what that basically says is Ben Roethlisberger over the last two years, which I think both of us would agree are Ben Roethlisberger's. I mean, the way he's played is like peak Ben, right? Like he's, He's, he's played the, the, the best football that we've ever seen him play over the last couple of seasons. Meanwhile, when Ben Roethlisberger hasn't had Martavis Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger has been no better than our streamers. Wow. And so that, my friends, is why I think he's more of like a ninth-round pick rather than a late fifth-round pick. It's just absurd. I, you know, and not only that, but we already talked about the, the you know, last podcast, I think it was, maybe two podcasts ago. Uh, uh, the 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 quarterbacks that have true QB one upside and Drew Brees, I think both of us believe is part of that group. And to be taking a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, who's never come close to finishing 
that high in season long fantasy, you know, cumulative numbers wise, it's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane. Well, you know, look at this is what happens when you lose your best receiver. Uh, right. I knew that was coming. But you know what? The best thing is they still have their second best receiver in Sammy Coates. So it should be, you know, maybe Here we okay. Go. Here we go. Maybe okay. I mean, like, like the the thing is, like, sure, Sammy Coates is gonna. I think Sammy Coates is in store for a pretty good season. Um, just given the reports that come out of camp and like the role that he could play in that offense. Um, and you know, what's awesome about all of this is that like Marcus Wheaton is becoming less and less of a thing. And I'm just sitting here like smiling at my computer when I read, read these <laughs> reports. Um, but like, like this, like as good as this offense can be and, and should be, it just in the past from, from Roethlisberger's standpoint, he hasn't been nearly as good as what people are drafting him as right now. Like right. you just look at history. Like he's not a, like like, we all know he's really, really good, and we all know that he can sling the ball around, but that's just not the way – like, he's not consistent enough at doing it week to week from a fantasy standpoint. It just It's just not worth it. I um, I think that if you're drafting him there, then you are banking on, like, the best, best-case scenario for him. Yes, yes. I That's exactly what it is. Right. I mean – even his numbers with Martavis, like I said, are, are like basically top five. When you, if you're going to draft a guy that high, you need him to have top one upside. And I don't think he has top one upside. No, I do not either. All right, give us a name. <laughs> uh, my name is, uh, and I think I think you maybe were a little bit uh, surprised by this, but uh, C.J. Anderson uh, going at three ten right now, and here's here's my issue with with cj anderson right now is that he's creeping upward in adp um when i i would hesitate you know to to stay on his stay on that train uh if he keeps going up in 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 an offense that you know might not be great slash might not even need to you know really score a ton of points it just it freaks me out a little bit to to take a guy uh, like that, as as the ADP is creeping up, it's gone from 402 to 310. You know, I would guess with some positive, you know, positive press in August, we're gonna see it at 305 or so, maybe even uh, into the early threes. Um, and um, you know, we heard the same thing last year about Anderson being a workhorse. Uh, it never came to fruition. I just, I really, really hesitate on this guy right now. Yeah, uh, one one thing that's pretty interesting, I'm looking at it right now, uh, in terms of weekly performances, the Broncos running backs last year had 10 top 24 performances, which from you know a, a third round uh, running back, you would generally take. That's about like where they should end up. But the problem is a lot of those performances, I think there's three of them, uh, well, six of them combined, came the same week. So where Ronnie Hillman, for instance, in week eight against Green Bay, Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson ranked sixth and seventh at the running back position in, in weekly scoring. So, you know, to me, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, I can't fully disagree with you. I know that whenever you said it to me originally, like, you think C.J. Anderson's overvalued. Just I, I, I think that the, the, the one thing, and I think your main argument, is that the offense could be a dumpster fire, right? It could, it could be bad. Yeah, like, like, and you, like you really wanna, bad. Yeah, and you want to associate your your running backs with, you know, higher powered offenses. Right. I mean, we keep hearing, you know, that 
you know, we, we, no one wants Carlos Hyde because the Niners are going to be bad. And Carlos Hyde's going pretty, you know, very close to Anderson right now, according to FF calculator. Um, so, you know, I know, look at, I know Vegas, you know, win, win totals are way higher for Denver than they are for San Francisco. And, and you know, rightfully so. Um, but uh, I just, I really, you know, at, at running back 14, uh, Anderson just to me, um, it doesn't have the, you know, the, the, the fantasy floor, I think that, that I'm looking for at that point in the draft. And he's also surrounded by a lot of really appealing. He's surrounded by Randall Cobb, by Sammy Watkins, by Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, T Y Hilton is right there. So, you know, the, these are guys that I'm much more interested in at that point in the draft than a CJ Anderson. Yeah, that's fair. It's very fair. Um, the next guy, I'll stick. I'll stay with running backs. Uh, this guy right now, according to uh, fantasyfootballcalculator.com, is going one pick ahead of C.J. Anderson, and it's Matt Forte. He's going in the third round on Fantasy Football Calculator, which to me is out of control. I mean, I think that you know we all love Matt Forte uh, because of of he he's been a really really consistent back. I mean, he's been in the league uh, for this, this will be his ninth year. And he's been at least a top 20 running back every single year in PPR formats, which is pretty crazy. Um, but I think that this year could be the year that, that, that finally ends. Um, he's a year older, obviously he's on a team, a new team, new system, and there's actual competition in that backfield. I mean, every beat writer, uh, this one, one guy, Daryl Slater, who was on Mike Clay's show today said that he expects a near even carry split between, below Powell and Matt Forte, uh, which is, is a huge detriment to Forte's value. Number one, number two, it just allows you to see how good of a value below Powell is. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, Forte has over 2000 rushes under his belt. And the, the one thing that I think we can't ignore is that both Powell and Forte signed nearly identical contracts. So if you recall, Matt Forte signed with them before they had re-signed below Powell uh, and once they got Forte, they ended up getting Kyrie Robinson, and then they signed below Powell after that. But Powell's deal is a little, just a little bit less money, and even in guaranteed money, than what they uh, gave Matt Forte. So it's not as though they have this massive investment in Forte based on his name alone. Uh, and the other thing too, you know, it, it makes sense if there's a split because both of them do similar things uh, at this point in their careers. Um, you know, I, I don't think that you can confidently say that Matt Forte is such a better runner than below Powell. And obviously Forte can catch balls out of the backfield well. Um, but that's what below Powell did last year. And that's what he's done. I mean, he had nearly 50 catches last season, below Powell did. So I think it all makes sense that, that below Powell would be uh, digging into Matt Forte's work. And as a result, I think Forte is just massively, massively overrated in fantasy football. You think it's that, it's that much? I mean, I don't love his ADP, but... If he dropped a little, I might be into him. Um, I, I would, I would need him to be in the fifth round to really? be okay with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that like the late fifth because I there there are guys that like I think have reception more reception upside than him even like uh you know Deion Lewis and Duke Johnson and, and even Gio Bernard like there there's just that you know to me like what's the difference between a right now between a Gio Bernard and a Matt Forte if 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 below Powell and maybe even Robinson dig into Forte's attempts, I would say Gio Bernard's in a better spot than Matt Forte is. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. that's 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 kind of the the, the thought process. So you're saying the days of of you and me being Matt Forte fanboys under Mark Tressman are are long gone. They're long gone. They are long gone. Yeah, I'm, I I for the most part I I do agree. I think that the lack of I mean, Pal Pal is not a, a household name, and mm-hmm. so on Twitter I see like kind of this question of who's going to take Matt Forte's job. Right. Bilal Powell? Okay, if you say so. But Bilal right. Powell was really good with his opportunity that he got last year. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, down the stretch last season when, when Chris Ivory was a little hobbled uh, and when when they were grinding out games, and they were uh, whether they were grinding out games or if they were in garbage time, Bilal Powell was like a, a pretty like legitimate fantasy asset, uh, especially in PPR leagues. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Down the stretch last season, he ranked uh, from uh, in week 13, he was the third ranked, then the seventh ranked, and the sixth ranked running back in three consecutive weeks, and then the 26th one to end the season in week 16. I mean, mm-hmm. he scored 14 or more fantasy points in in all of those contests, and then last season in games that he that he that he played, he scored fewer than 9.4 in only three games. Uh, mm-hmm. Powell's got a really high floor, guys, uh, and I, I think that that he's in a really, really good spot as a 10th, 11th round pick. I really like him there. Yeah. I, I, I have a hard time passing him up there. I, you know, even, you know, especially if you're going zero RB or something like that. He's perfect for zero RB. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Um, all right. You mind if I move on to my next guy? Yeah, do it to it. All right. So this seems like low hanging fruit and I get it, but, uh, <laughs> my next guy is Laquan Treadwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going at 10.09, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. Now, it's hard to say that a guy going in the late 10th round is being overdrafted, but I per- personally, I have zero interest in a in you know what will likely be the secondary receiver on a low volume team really determined to win every game, you know, nine to six. Okay. Yeah. Which was, um, which was mostly stated by Zimmer himself. Like today. You're right. Right. When he's, when Zimmer was once again, Mike Zimmer was once again, whining and crying about fantasy football. Right. Right. About, right. about, you know, he's basically throwing shade at Blake Bortles. Right. When he says, right. when he says that, you know, there are quarterbacks out there who throw for 300 yards every week and their team loses all the time. Well, okay, you're talking about just say it. I I'm talking about Blake Bortles. <laughs> like that's literally, true. that's Phil. That's uh, that's Blake Bortles, and maybe Philip Rivers, but that's that's mostly Blake Bortles. Yeah, exactly. So, so that that's what he's saying. Um, and didn't they come from the same draft class, Bridge, Bridgewater and Bortles? They did, yeah. So yeah, so he's he's saying my guy's better, and he said he said had some sort of weird comment about Joe Montana being able to throw it like or, or Teddy being able to throw it as far as Joe Montana. That's all you need in life. Is that? Right, like arm strength and whatnot. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I really like even if Adrian Peterson goes down this year, they still will not be a pass happy team. I don't think Bridgewater is is a, a good quarterback by any stretch, except for maybe me. if you're talking about dinking and dunking. The thing about Treadwell is that you have you have Willie Sneed going one pick before him, you have Kamar Aiken going three picks after Treadwell. And you have Tavon Austin going seven picks after Treadwell. Now, if you look at that little wide receiver grouping there in the in the late tenth and, and early eleventh rounds, I would happily all day take Aiken, Tavon, and Willie Sneed over Treadwell. 
uh, and I can't believe I said that about a receiver in Jeff Fisher's offense, but I did. Um, but yeah, so Treadwell to me is is undraftable. I guess was what I'm saying. And for him to go in the tenth, I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I think with Treadwell, you have to buy into him being a touchdown producer, and that's just tough to do when Teddy Bridgewater threw like six touchdowns last year. Right. Um, like it's just it's a tough thing to really really buy into. I think it's it's very obvious to me at this point that like Sterling Shepard is the most attractive rookie wide receiver this year, and I'd still probably put Corey Coleman ahead of Treadwell. Um, I mean this this class just kind of sucks in general, but. That's kind of where I'm at. I, you know, and, and even looking at his ADP, you know, you mentioned Willie, Willie Sneed's absurdly underrated. Uh, Kamar Aiken, pretty underrated as well. And I'd even say that I would take Vincent Jackson and Muhammad Sanu over Treadwell. You would take Sanu? I don't know if i take Sanu, but yeah. I, 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 the, the Sanu, I, I think, look, this, is, this, is, this might be a little hot, but I think Sanu should be more of like an eighth-round pick. Ooh. Yeah, wow. I do. I think he's actually like – going to be something this but year. I, I thought look I, the, I would agree because I don't I don't hate Sanu as a player but I thought that in that offense in that Atlanta offense it's like it's like the number one receiver gets everything and then number two receiver is just kind of on the field well it's yeah I mean that's what what the Shannon what everyone sees the Shanahan offense as but like I did a, an article last year which makes me look stupid in, in hindsight because Julio got fed so bad but Julio also got fed so badly last season because they didn't have anything like Roddy White was horrendous last year. Horrendous. I didn't expect that drop off to come so suddenly. I know it, you know, it was somewhat gradual, but last year compared to the year before that, Roddy White was so, so bad. And so I, I think that, you know, with if if you look at Kyle Shanahan offenses, when they've had fairly competent number two wide receivers, they've still gotten fed enough. Like it's still it's still fine. And Muhammad Snu is the upside of being something legitimate. You know, remember when AJ Green went down and Muhammad Sanu was actually not bad in fantasy? Yeah. I mean, like like he was a, a good weekly fantasy producer. If something were to happen to Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu has wide receiver two upside. Yeah. That, that's I, that's that's kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah, no, I, I actually wrote uh in one of my equity score articles that Sanu is is in this weird position of being possibly being a beast if Julio gets dinged up this year. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think just overall, you look at maybe not the eighth round, maybe more the ninth round, because um, yeah. the eighth round you're still talking like my boy Marvin Jones, and you know I would never take <laughs> never take uh, Muhammad Sanu over over Marvin Jones. You would never take anybody over Marvin. True, other than Antonio Brown. That's it. Um. All right, next guy that I'm going to talk about is Kelvin Benjamin, sticking with the wide receivers. Um. You know, it, it's not like I think Kelvin Benjamin's hashtag bad. I think Kelvin Benjamin's decent. I think he's a good wide receiver. I just think that when you <clears throat> when you break things down, um, he's more of in the wide receiver three discussion rather than the wide receiver two discussion. He's going just just for reference, he's going as the sixteenth wide receiver drafted in the middle of the third round, at right after T. Y. Hilton and right before Demarius Thomas, before Sammy Watkins, before Randall Cobb, hell, before Jarvis Landry. I just can't get behind that. I mean, as good as he was. Uh, during his rookie year, much of his success came from volume. Mm -hmm. Uh, He saw that, you know, every number fire metric we use, every efficiency metric you can look at, he was very average as a wide receiver. Um, Of course, he was decent in the red zone, but he saw the sixth most targets as a rookie. He saw 145 targets that year, which was 25.75% of the team's targets. Now, 
going into this next season. Obviously, he missed last year. This was from two years ago. Going into this season, that year, his biggest competition was like Jericho Cotri and Jason Avant. Mm-hmm. It was nothing. Uh, this year, you have an up-and-comer who's apparently been the best player in, in Carolina Panthers camp and Devin Funches. Um, there's, there's very little chance to me that Kelvin Benjamin sees 25.75% of the team's targets because Greg Olson has a spot to get 22% of the targets. It's basically where he's hovered every single year he's been in Carolina. Um, but, you know, th- because of Devin Funches, and even even if you want to throw Ted Ginn in there, as 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 much shit as we give Ted Ginn, mm-hmm. I mean, he could easily out-target out <clears throat> or out-target market share what a guy like Jason Avant got during Kelvin Benjamin's rookie year, which mm-hmm. shouldn't surprise anyone. So what that means is, Kelvin Benjamin's going to see less than 26% of the team's targets. I'm thinking more closer to like 22%, which is significant. And what's even more significant, Denny, is that in that 2014 season, the Panthers threw the ball, dropped back to pass, more times than they had since 2001. Meaning, not only are they, did they throw the ball a lot that year, but Kelvin Benjamin also had a large market share in the offense that season. That season, he finished as a wide receiver 16 uh, due to the nine touchdowns that he scored. Right now, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 16, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense considering his market share is going to go down. The, the the Panthers aren't going to be throwing as many balls as they did his rookie year, and there's going to be natural touchdown regression in that offense. I know it's hard to believe that the Carolina Panthers offense gets a guy like Kelvin Benjamin back, and they're not going to be as good, but it's very difficult to do what the Carolina Panthers did last year, and you need a little luck involved in doing that. Uh, Cam Newton had a 7.1 touchdown touchdown rate last year, which according to some of this regression analysis that I did based on the last five years of of quarterback touchdown rates, uh, this season he should see closer to a 5.8% touchdown rate. And that doesn't even factor in what he did in previous season, which was lower than that 5.8% mark. So all of this just kind of boils up to saying, look, Cam Newton's not going to throw 35 touchdowns. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin is not going to see as big of a market share. They're not going to throw the ball as much as they did in 2014. Kelvin Benjamin's more of a fifth round pick than a third round pick in my eyes. And that's a very, very significant difference when you're talking about the early rounds. I mean, he's being drafted. Uh, this is not our opinion. He's being drafted at the top of his range of outcomes. Um, as far as we know, right? right. Because he finished here. He finished at wide receiver 16 in 2014, right? So now he's being drafted there again. I I would I would I would be into him if he was, you know, I don't know, wide receiver 23, 24 because look, he can end up as a wide receiver a low end wide receiver 2 this year, which is fine. But mm-hmm. if you took him at his ADP, then it's not good. You know, I mean, you you, right. you lost out. There's no there's no equity to be gained by drafting him where you're drafting him. There's just there there's no room for uh- for improvement and there's no like you're you're getting you're drafting a guy in a run first offense who is not going to see okay think of it this way you're drafting him ahead of Sammy Watkins now let's look at their 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 situations right both teams are run first offenses both teams have fairly efficient quarterbacks with Cam let's just give Cam a, a, an edge because it's Cam uh so so Kel, so Kelvin gets the benefit of playing with a better quarterback but at the same time, there is quite literally zero competition between Sammy Watkins and the rest of his receivers where there is competition because you have Greg Olson, you have Devin Funches, and even Ted Ginn. 
in that offense. Like, there's no, there's just no one else in the Buffalo offense. And then on top of that, Sammy Watkins is way better than Kelvin Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Like, way better than Kelvin Benjamin as a as a pure receiver. And he's being drafted after him. I understand that it has to do with the the injury that Sammy's been nursing. But at the same time, this is freaking crazy, guys. Like, it's it's nuts. Yeah, and I can't believe Cobb is going six picks after Kelvin Benjamin. I, I yeah, even right, even I, I think you can make a strong case for Demarius over Kelvin. I mean, you should make a case for Demarius over Kelvin. I, I mean, it's it's just it's it's out of control how people are looking at his rookie year mm-hmm. and just assuming that like this translates. It would to me. I would even be shocked. I would be shocked if he had a double digit touchdown season. I just I, I think that's where I'm at. He, with he could have. Uh, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin could be could be the number three, you know, target receiver, <laughs> targeted receiver in Carolina this year. Yeah, exactly. Like Devin Funches, guys. I mean, what, what folks need to understand is Kelvin Benjamin came into the league and was a rookie at 24 years old. Devin Funches was 21 years old last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a lot of, of age difference in, in terms of learning and that learning curve. I mean, like Kelvin Benjamin this year, guys, he's going to be, I mean, he's, he's 25. He turns 26 in February. Right, like it's it's not as though he's this like Kevin White type uh, receiver in terms of age and stuff. Yeah, people forget Kelvin Benjamin is only eight days younger than Andre Johnson. Did you know that? Right, right, yeah. That's yeah. it's it's crazy. He's actually he's he's um he's brothers. <laughs> he's he's brothers with Brandon Whedon. They're brothers. That's, that's it. So twins. I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, Denny. Who's your who's your last guy? Um, this also feels like, uh, maybe low hanging fruit, but maybe not because I think maybe you might disagree. Um, TJ Yeldon is my last, uh, guy who I believe is being overvalued, although not tremendously. Like I don't look at his ADP and want to, you know, flip my desk over like I do with, with Treadwell. Um, it's eight Oh six right now, according to FF calculator. And, um, you know that's that's after uh, just after Rashad Jennings, uh, uh, just before Tevin Coleman, as far as running backs go. Uh, so, looks like Chris Ivory's going two rounds earlier. I also don't love Chris Ivory's ADP. Yeah, I, I, to me, Chris Ivory's is even worse than yeah. than Yeldon's. Right. So I, I'm. It's not like I'm. I'm here banging the table for Chris Ivory in the sixth. I, I'm not. I'm not. I would. I don't. I wouldn't think of of drafting Ivory in the sixth. Um, but I think we have to pay attention to what teams do in the off season. And I just don't think that we can overlook the fact that, you know, the Jags went out and they had, I think they had more money to spend than anybody, right. In free agency. Mm -hmm. And they gave ivory a pretty massive contract, all things considered. Right. Uh, I don't think that we can look at that and say, eh, it's still, it's still ivory's. I'm sorry. It's still, it's still Yeldon's gig. You know, Yeldon to be fine. Yeldon, you know, we're not the dog in the room on fire going, this is fine. This is fine. I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with the events that are currently unfolding. Um, I, you know, for me, I just, Yeldon is sort of in a no man's land as far as ADP goes. Uh, I'm, you know, there again, there are some Marvin Jones, your boy is right there. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, who I, who I probably like a little more than you um, is right there. Uh, you know, uh, Justin Forsett is near Yeldon, and I like Forsett a lot m- more than Yeldon. I think that his floor is much, much safer than Yeldon. And so it, that's just a guy who I see as someone whose ADP needs to drop in, in order for me to be interested. 
Yeah, I can understand can understand your points like as to why you'd be afraid. I, I, I think just between the two running backs, Ivory and Yeldon, like it's crazy to me that Ivory is being drafted so much further ahead, even in standard leagues, uh, simply because uh, Yeldon's going to have a pass catching role in that offense. Um, you know, you have Ivory who's never, you know, his biggest knock has been that he's a two down back, right? Uh, the fear with Yeldon, of course, is that he's not going to be the goal line guy, uh, that Ivory's going to take over that role, which definitely hurts his upside. I think Yeldon, you know, I've gotten Yeldon in best ball leagues, and the reason for that is because I think he'll have some random usable weeks that might be unpredictable, but he does have the upside of being something decent if Chris Ivory goes down. Right. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that, to me, is kind of the way... I mean, I've approached best ball like that this season a lot, where... If the guy can have usable weeks on his own, like a Yeldon will, you know, maybe four or so, like if Ivory's completely healthy the entire season, then that's fine. It's not like I'm wasting like a, you know, top five round pick on them. But at the same time, if something does happen to Chris Ivory, like TJ Yeldon all of a sudden is probably like a higher end RB2. You know, he's probably right. in, in maybe that, uh, maybe not maybe not quite the, the, the range we were talking about earlier, but the, you know, that range where we talk about Forte and CJ Anderson, it's kind of that, that kind of is a no man's land for running backs where, you know, I think in a, in a PPR league, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, I'll get like a Duke Johnson or a Deion Lewis. But uh, when you get to that point in, in a, in a standard draft and you see like Latavius Murray, you're a little bit scared of that. You see Carlos Hyde, you're a little scared of that. I think Yeldon can produce like that if Chris Ivory were to not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, you know, Chris Ivory is there, they invested in him. So there's not as much upside inherently for TJ Yeldon. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't know what to make. Honestly, I don't know what to make of the Jacksonville offense this year. I mean, is, is last year, you know, the norm or something close to it for this team at under, under Blake Bortles and under the current regime. I, I don't know. And, and, you know, they made improvements to their defense. I keep hearing that their defense on paper is very, very good. Maybe Which among we heard, we heard a little bit last year too, to be fair. You're right. You're right about that. Um, and you know, so are we just, are we going to have a situation where they, they have to be on a fast break, you know, for, right. for three quarters of the game, just like they were, Last year, you know, I, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, I don't know what to do with Jaguars right now. And, and yeah. so, you know, Yeldon uh, does freak me out a little bit, but your point about Ivory is good because I know we, we try not to buy into the narrative of injury prone guys because, you know, at one point Matthew Stafford was injury prone and now he's not. So right. what, you know, what, what do we make of that? Same with Adrian Peterson. But yeah, exactly. But what, like, how can we ignore Chris Ivory's history? Right. I mean, like he's he's played. So he's played in. Um, he's only missed two games the last three years. But his first three years in this in the league. Oh my God, he's played in the league for six years. It's crazy. But his first three years in the league, um, when he was on the when he was on the the Saints, um, he's been on the Jets for three years now. What? Or he he was on the Jets for three years. That's crazy to me. I thought it was two. Yeah, me too. Anyway, he played 12, 6, and 6 games. But, to, you know, at the same time, Chris Ivory only saw more than 200 carries for the first time last year. And now he's going to be 28. So I think that there's, like, there's some reason to believe that he's going to wear down a bit. Um, but, again, he, you know, if, if he's healthy, Ivory or uh, Yeldon doesn't have nearly as much upside. Right. 
Um, all right, last guy I'm going to talk about real quick is – so I went to Twitter actually and I tweeted these four guys out that we're talking about today and then I, I wrote an article that's going to be publishing tomorrow. Um, so uh, when, I, when I tweeted those three guys out, Big Ben, Forte, and Kelvin Benjamin, it seemed like that folks agreed for the most part with what I was saying. Um, but then I said Delaney Walker as part of it and I got some pushback from people. Uh, so I'm going to explain why I don't like Delaney Walker, who, uh, as it stands, is going – well, it looks like uh, that's a PPR league. It lo- in the PPR, he's going in the sixth round. In standard, he's going in the seventh round, uh, right after Kobe Fleener, who both of us love this year. So we all know you know, last year Co- or Delaney Walker was, was the second best tight end in fantasy from a cumulative point standpoint. He had uh, more top 12 fantasy performances than every other tight end other than Gronk. But with that being said, the, the, the Titans drafted Sharp. They add Matthews and Richard Matthews in free agency. And this is all on top of uh, DGB in his second year and hopefully him progressing. A, a, a very mediocre Kendall Wright, a very mediocre Harry Douglas, and a, a person in Justin Hunter. Mm-hmm. I understand that this, this doesn't exude like crazy playmakers, Mm -hmm. but what Delaney Walker had last year as competition in the Titans offense was nothing. It was, it was quite literally nothing in the Titans offense. He ended up seeing nearly 25% of the team's targets as a tight end, which is crazy. And he had a league high 133 targets at the tight end position. The Titans also threw the ball more than they ran it way more than they ran it in 2015. They had the 11th highest uh, drop back to run ratio at 1.63 last season. So meanwhile, then the the new regime says we're going to run this exotic Smash Mouth, whatever the hell that means. Uh, and they brought in Demarco Murray and Derrick Henry to to help run this offense. Meaning, despite the fact that I don't believe they're going to simply be able to run this offense and be able to just run the football because that's not how it works, it would be surprising if they kept the same ratio or had more, or threw more passes fr- from a ratio standpoint than they did last season. Mm-hmm. So what that all means is that I think Walker's, my model has Walker closer to 100, I think it's like a little over 100 targets rather than 133. And if you take his efficiency from last season and and, and d- decrease by that the, the 30 or so targets, that's like 40 to 50 fewer fantasy points, which is more, which is certainly not worth a seventh round price tag. That's more of like a uh, towards the lower end tight end one uh, range. And, you know, with that being said too, like I said, Kobe Fleener is being drafted right ahead of him. And I think Kobe Fleener has far, far more upside than Delaney Walker does. Yeah. Uh, I think your, your model is, is definitely onto something. I mean, the, uh, the chips fell perfectly for Walker last year. And I know we talked about trying to find the next Delaney Walker. I mean, that's easier said than done, but I, you know, with his enormous price increase uh, from from the, from last August to this August, Delaney Walker is definitely not this year's Delaney Walker. Uh, I mean, right. it, it's not it's not it's not close. Uh, and you know the the mitigating factors that you mentioned um, just make me. I'm just I'm completely off of him at his ADP. Yeah, and I know that his competition. You might be listening to that, and you're like, "Oh, none of those wide receivers are good." Well, all all it takes is one of those wide receivers to be good for for Delaney Walker to not see even close to the same market share that he did last year. the The market share of the other wide receivers in that offense were horrendous, and the fact that they want to run the ball, 
the fact that they got a pass catcher and like both apparently, I mean, I don't know enough about Derrick Henry. Like from, from what I know about Derrick Henry is he can, people say that he can catch the ball Mm -hmm. from what I've seen. He seems pretty average, Mm -hmm. but, but I guess at his pro day or whatever, he, he had a good, a good, he showed that he could catch the ball really well. Um, but regardless, like, even if he can't, we know that DeMarco can. Um, and so I, I'm just, I, I, you know, there's, there's probably going to be a better presence there in terms of pass catchers. They add a, a sharp in the draft, you know, they get Richard Matthews, who a lot of folks think that Richard Matthews can take on a pretty big share of the targets there. I mean, it just, it just adds up to a situation that you want to avoid. Right. Hey, remember two months ago when there was a, a vine of Derrick Henry doing uh, foot drills on the field and he, tri- <laughs> yeah. and, he tri- and he tripped, he tripped yeah. like a little bit, like, he don't like his foot got caught on one and he was like, oh man, like he had to start over. I, I've never seen anything like that. The reaction to that was get to Marco Murray. This guy stinks. Right. <laughs> Henry's not NFL ready. Right. He tripped in a little drill. Right, right. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that offense has a, a chance to be a pretty big dumpster fire, to be honest. It's, it's uh, kind of why I'm not as high on Mariota as uh, I as I, I thought want, I was. I want be. Mariota to be so good, so bad. I know, I know. All right, Denny, before we get into the question section, yeah. we actually have a sponsor for this part of the podcast. you want to talk about it? We do, yes. Uh, we actually... This sponsor uh, really hits on something that we talk about a lot on this show, and that is uh, the shortcomings of value-based drafting. Um, I think you know you, you've you've talked uh, eloquently, if I may say so, uh, about uh, v, VBD and um, and you know the the ways in which it it sort of you know leaves something to be desired. It's a good building block, I think, as as you've said. Um, oh, not only here, but in, in your articles uh, on number fire. Um, but um, ffdraftprep.com uh, has a draft dashboard uh, that does not implement uh, value-based drafting, uh, but instead takes a, a more holistic view uh, of the draft, providing uh, only pertinent data while removing all the noise you know, that can really get in the way. So uh, what this does, what this tool does, is it takes positional scarcity into account. And so I, I just, you know, just from our point of view on living the stream, I see that as something that really ties in, you know, to, to things that we talk about every week, not only in the off season, but during the season, you know, positional yeah. scarcity is something uh, is like a linchpin of this show. And it's, I think it's a linchpin of how we, we approach the game. So this, this draft tool, ffdraftprep.com, uh, is really interesting. I, I was actually checking it out uh, a lot this afternoon. Uh, you can plug in your own tiers. It it, it provides you with tiers. Uh, uh, you know the tears coming down my face as I'm in the shower <laughs> on a Monday night. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, it it really is a, a great tool. It incorporates ADP data. Uh, it that that data aut- updates automatically uh, from numerous sources. Uh, and the organization of this of this tool is really something. Uh, it summarizes data into really easily digestible formats, uh, and makes really efficient and confident decisions. I, just as a last point here, I hear people all the time say, "I'm very confident going into a draft, right?" Uh, but when I'm in the draft, I feel you know the pressure gets to me, and I make very safe 
choices, what I see as safe choices. Uh, and then I look back and I say, damn, I really, I messed that draft up because I felt some pressure. I think that taking, I think that this FF draft prep can help you take that pressure off if that's something that you struggle with. And it's okay. Look, I've struggled with that before. It's, you know, it's nothing, nothing to be, uh, you know, secret about. I think that it happens to everybody. It happens to the best of us. Uh, so this draft uh, dashboard is really, really helpful in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was looking at it too, and I think the tiering is really, really cool because it can tell you what the expected, uh, like which players would be falling if you're, you know, from one pick to the next and where your tiers would kind of align based on that ADP data. So check it out, ffdraftprep.com. All right, Denny, let's get into the questions. We got some interesting ones. The first one was actually uh, one that made me laugh a little bit. What's the history? Of, is this from at the... It says at the zero one zero zero three. He says, "What's the history of your relationship? Did you two go to college together?" <laughs> yes, we were, we were in elementary school together. Yeah. yeah, no, Denny. Denny actually, our Denny's my dad. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Denny's Denny's my father. Um. Well. No, we we met on we met on Twitter.com. Yeah, that was it. Like in twenty twelve, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember. So this is this will be cute, reminiscing. Mm-hmm. I remember you were covering that one event, mm. that one fantasy event in like Philly, I think it was. Yeah. Or no, New, or New Jersey. Was it Philly? It was Atlantic City. Atlantic City, right. And you were covering it and I was following along and I was like, who's this tool bag? <laughs> and then and then I decided like I, like I had had wanted to start a podcast like in November-ish of, of that year because that was the first year that both, both of us were covering fantasy. It was in 2012. Um and I hit you up as like a, just like, I think that the way that we think about things is similar. And I think that we would probably be fun together on a podcast mm-hmm. and hit you up. And was like, I want to start a podcast. And then we just started like rifting about what it could be about. Mm-hmm. And then we realized that streaming would be cool. And I remember you, I was like, we need a name for it. And that you were the one who came up with living the stream. And then the rest is history. It, yes. It, it came to me after uh, uh, doing LSD in the desert uh, one day and living the stream just came to my, my mind. Um, you're talking this, this event that I was covering in New Jersey, it was uh, a convention and, uh, and people were, I guess, following me, following along as I followed along. But uh, Matthew Barry was there, and uh, yeah. with uh, Michael Vick. Um, yes, and, wasn't Lashawn McCoy there too? And McCoy, yeah, McCoy was there, and uh, and then you know uh, Matthew Barry defended his ranking of uh, Peyton Manning over Michael Vick, um, uh, in you know in front of Michael in Vick the, in the first round, I'm sure. Yeah, um, and uh, it, that's not even that's not even a rip on Barry. That's just the the way the industry was yeah. thinking back then. Yeah, right. And and it was over Vic, and uh, you know Vic shook his head a little bit. I just I thought it was a very brave brave thing to do. Yeah. Uh, next one at FF Dynasty 101. Did the Pitta news trigger Denny's PTSD and send him back for an extra scrubbing during a shower cry? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm actually uh, naked right now. Um, so, <laughs> so did, did you see Dennis Pitta got in a fight with a rookie? Oh, yeah, he got in a scuffle. They were they were they were quote wrestling, oh. and that that's that I think is how he hurt his finger, which is why he's out right now. That's that's Dennis Dennis. Stop it! You're old. You're old. You shouldn't be doing this. Come on, Den Den. Yeah. All right, next next one at Sean underscore Tat. When are we getting the JJ and Denny spinoff podcast where you tell dad stories the whole time? 
I mean, oh, you mean living the dad? Yeah, that'll that'll happen. I mean, we're yeah, we're one, uh, we're one, JJ, you know, little JJ baby away from doing that. So yeah, yeah, from that podcast existing exactly. Next one at gem underscore minor eleven. Uh, drink an IPA or candy corn smoothie. Oof. It's easily an IPA. IPAs yeah. are delicious. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, look, I'm a candy corn apologist. Candy, Big candy corn sends me checks in the mail every month. But no, I'm not drinking that smoothie. No way. <laughs> big, big candy corn. Uh, next one, at Fat Eddie Lacey. He says, best food to bring to your fantasy draft. Please don't say canned corn. <laughs> so much candy corn. Yeah, this is this is bizarre. Um, best food for your fantasy draft. Uh, I like a, a good buffalo chicken dip. But the, but your hands are all disgusting and you're all oh, over your computer. Get out of here, Denny. Get your drunk. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but you're all over your computer. You're what are you getting? No, your... you're not. What are you? There's napkins. They exist. Oh no, you know what's happening? You know, here this is this is disgusting. Okay. So you're you're licking your fingers and then putting oh them God. on the keyboard and then licking them again. And your keyboard no. is dirtier than a toilet seat. My my experience, Denny, is I, I use chips and I take the buffalo dip and I get the scoops, the, the probably wheat scoops, you know, mm-hmm. the chips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll take the buffalo dip out and I'll eat that shit. <laughs> and then, then I'll wipe my fingers off with a paper towel like a normal adult would. Okay, you're All around right. you're around your little boy too much. I love listen, I love to pretend that wheat chips are good for me, by the way. Yeah, me too. Uh, this next one is at NPALFF, our boy Nathan Powell. I just thought it was funny. He says, I have the ninth pick in my home redraft league, non-PPR. Who should I take with my seventh pick? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good question. Uh, the next one, at the Pug Father Is Jeff Hoyerman this year's Gary Barnage? Boring name, mediocre QB play, decent athletic ability. Don't say boring name because no one knows how to actually pronounce it. Yeah, no. It's not boring, but I, I don't. I don't think that he's the Gary Barnage this year, though. No. It, it, his name is not. His name is an adventure, right? I, I don't know how to say it. I think I did a good job there. Hoyerman. Hoyerman is what I think. It's not Hoyerman. Yeah, I think. Really? It's like a. It's like a German. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's my guess. All right. We should we should let people respond to us uh, with with the the pronunciation. Uh, next one at SMGDH. What's the worst Olympic sport? I would say any Olympic sport. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the Olympics are it's just bad. It's just boring. I don't know. It is like I look. Okay, I don't want to say it's bad because there are athletes there that are way way better at what they do than I'm ever going to be at anything in my life, aside from maybe like like eating. Uh, but. I mean, look, it's just, it's just, it's just boring. I don't need to like watch someone throw a disc and yeah. and do a hammer throw and and that like it's just it's not that interesting. To me. I don't know. Is I guess I've watched running. Running's kind of fun to watch though. Uh, beach volleyball is not terrible. Yeah, except he said the worst Olympic sport. So we're just oh. we're just taking oh. we're just taking. No, no, it's good though because we said all of them. So we have to give the opposite kind of answer. Yeah, okay. yeah that's good. Next one. At a game of throws, thoughts on chocolate milk? I mean, I drink some of it because my son doesn't always drink all of his. So I don't so hate. I'm, I'm not one of those, uh, you know, like the, the, the bodybuilders and stuff. Even like Heinz Ward promoted it a while to drink it after a workout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
like promotes your muscle building and yeah. stuff and, and regeneration. Um, I, uh, I, I don't drink, I, I mean, I would, lo- I love chocolate milk, but I can't drink it. I don't want to like put on the LBs right. for, cho- for chocolate milk. Right. Like that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. So that way that the stuff you're talking about is like recovery juice or something. Yeah. But if they just drink actual chocolate milk. Oh. Like actual non-fat, like low-fat chocolate milk. Oh, I I have to say I, I kind of lo- I low-key love chocolate milk. Yeah, I mean I think I mean I do too, but I also am fairly lactose intolerant, and my wife hates me if I were to eat like a lot of ice cream or oh. chocolate milk because I'm yeah I'm a, I'm a fart machine. I'm a fart I'm a fart machine noise usually. Yeah, well then. Like, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, next one at Adam underscore Eisen esque. <laughs> Reed in the 18th, Lamar Miller in the 12th, Lockett in the 18th, Ingram in the 10th, Josh Gordon in the 18th, full PPR, which two do you keep? I'll answer this one because I'm staring at it. I would keep Lamar Miller and Mark Ingram because once you get that late in drafts, things are a crapshoot anyway. Wait. Next one, at Dixon Steel 1, will you be able to bring yourselves to stream Foles again after the Vikings sign him and he wins the starting job from Bridgewater? I'm going to go with no. How ridiculous was that report? Nick Foles doesn't even have a team right now. And they were talking about like, there were like, like last week or a few days ago, they were talking about Nick Foles being the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I love it just as a, as a personally, as a, as an unhinged Bridgewater hater. I, I love it, but yeah. But you recognize the ridiculousness of it. I do because Nick Foles for the most part has been a, a horrific mess in his pro career. Yeah. Next one at Bel Air Eric. Besides CD Carter thirteen and late round QB, who is the handsomest fantasy football analyst slash expert? Mm. This is easy. It's Field Yates. Oh my god! Yeah, Field Yates is like a model, guys. No, he's like not dude, like a model. Came... He is a model. <laughs> right? <laughs> he came out of a magazine. He's like, hey, I know football too, and it's just yeah. like, oh, no, damn. yeah. He's 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 that kind of good looking. Where if you saw him in person, you're just kind of looking at his shoes, like at the floor. You're like, hey man, hey, right. how's it going? Hey. Right. And the thing that I hate most about Field is that he's so damn nice. Right. I really wish he was a jerk. Me too. I wish to God that he sucked. I feel like I I couldn't even like, I couldn't look at his hairline in the face. Right. Oh, it's. it's, I I would just look at it and I would melt. Yes. Agreed. Next one. At Help Fantasy FB. Traded Gronk for a a $17 Gronk for a $3 read on my 10 team standard league on a scale from Fisher to Belichick. How did I do? What what do you think? I think it's fine. I'm you know it's a it's a trade that yeah I mean it's fine. You're getting you're getting value there. Yeah, I would I would say you did you pull it's a Andy Reid esque. Yeah, I agree. That's good. Next one. It's time for Timmy. Correct way to loop your belt through the pants, clockwise or counterclockwise. Um, I thought about this and you, I know which way I do it. Oh no! It, well, there's yeah. The only way is clockwise. Get out of here. It's a oh. counter. Oh my god. Are you are you insane? Dude, okay, I start on the left like the wherever the first one is on the left side kind of and then I just go around. Wait, let me check. Oh, wait, you're right. I do. <laughs> I do <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's counter. Okay. It's counter. Okay, I thought you I I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the other way. Okay, gotcha. Yep. No one can function doing it the other way. That's not a thing. Well, I I think, you know, I mean, if you know someone who's doing it the other way, I think that you need to call the cops. I think you need to have right. that you person monitor in a straitjacket. Yeah. 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 Next one at BJ Cronin. When do zero running backs in auction 
or when doing zero running back in auction, is it better to get three elite wide receivers with your entire budget or to, or to target who you like ADP rounds one through five? I mean, I, I mean, target who you like. I'm fine with going with like stud, like super studs mm-hmm, though. Mm-hmm. Well, you said last week, you know, you talked about you, you would just go all out on two, two big time guys that you like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Next one at Dean Becerra. What is stronger? The stronger emotion for JJ happiness that football is starting or sadness that the bachelor slash bachelorette has ended. You were mad at me yesterday. I wasn't mad. I just, I, I read your tweet and I was like, man, I really don't know. And as soon as I hit tweet, I was like, Oh, this is a bachelor garbage. You know, do you know what happened? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers won. His brother was well, brother. Was like, no. Yeah. His brother, Jordan won the, won her heart uh, and, and he's a huge he's just the, the biggest douchebag you can possibly imagine so it, it's very weird that he doesn't have a relationship with aaron right and the way that they avoid that question because they, they kept they kept asking it they had like a after the final rose thing they call it where they talk to the couple afterwards the way they talk about aaron Rodgers and like the way they like ask him, like they avoid that question, like the plague, which I can understand from his brother's perspective. Like if you have the goat as your brother, like mm. it's probably pretty difficult to just like, like I don't, not difficult. I don't know. For me, like if my brother is really good at something, I would love it because that's fantastic. So maybe it's a little bit different, here's, but here's, I think that the, that the fact that they both did the same thing and Aaron was so much better at it than him. Here's my, here's my woke take on that. <laughs> okay. You ready for this? So it's ABC does the show, right? Yep. Okay. So ABC and ESPN, the same thing, right? They're same company. Correct. Correct. ESPN has football, has the NFL. They do not want to embarrass one of the crowning jewels of the NFL on one of their, on one of their most popular shows. So they stayed away from it. Well, you know what they did? They actually hired Jordan Rogers to be on the SEC network. I, I heard that too. Yeah. It, I mean, it's all, I mean, nothing's real guys. It's, it's the Illuminati. It's just, it's nothing is real. Maybe that was, that was, uh, his reward for staying hush hush about Aaron's situation with his family. I'm just saying you're probably right. Probably right. Bush did nine 11. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just we just, we just went from one to a thousand. Um, okay. Just, just because I know that someone will email me about that, I am totally kidding there, guys. Totally kidding. Right. We know, right. Har- we know Harambe did. <laughs> oh my god! Next one. Actually, no. You had, you had the, you had the best. All right. This, this, this will be somewhat political, just, but it's not at the same time. It's just really funny. So Denny posted that article about Donald Trump today when he when he booed when it would not booed when he when he kicked the baby out of the rally mm-hmm. and then you said well what what they're not saying is that the baby was a Bernie bro <laughs> I I, legit, I legitimately died laughing I had to throw that out there hey look the media will not tell you that that little eighteen month old was a freaking Bernie bro <laughs> socialist freaking baby so, so good. Next one at Jad underscore Rehan. He says, "Why is it good or bad to take Gronk and Reed in an MFL ten when one has has a good chance to act as a flex? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. He doesn't have a good chance to act as a flex. Mm-hmm. The, like that's look tight end scoring is not nearly as high as wide receiver scoring." Um, next one at BJK Ronan. He says, or BJ Cronin. He says, Denny meat lovers pizza with extra cheese, a pickle eating contest, or an education from Trump. You. 
Well, well, only one of those will uh, break me financially, so I will stay away from the last <laughs> one. Um, so it comes down to what again? Pickle eating contest or uh, meat lovers pizza? I mean, with extra cheese. It's easily the pizza because I cannot deal with pickles. Pickles are the woke. I I went through a phase like six months ago where I snacked on pickles a little bit. I mean, and I don't even I don't, but I don't like them. I I just I they're gross, like cut up, you know, as a whole. But you know, my wife loves them, uh, and I I just can't get, and I want to like them. That's the thing. Olives, yeah, listen, I've tried to listen. Olives and pickles are two things that I want to like, and I can't. All olives are legitimately satan spawn it's they're just gross they are so nat people who like olives i have to question like their motive for everything what what, what about people who drink dirty martinis oh right right like what what in the world are well, you doing drinking that you're you, okay so you get you get dressed up you go out you spend some money and you just get a just a terrible drink just ru- the shittiest drink imaginable and ruin your whole night don't I, I don't i don't understand my again my wife loves 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 dirty martinis like extra dirty martinis they're just they're just horrifying they are sewage water next one at jonathan s foyer what's more ob- uh objectionable choosing to eat at panda express or choosing to drink ipas dude panda express is so bad it's awful I've had it like I think I've had it once in my life, and I had said I am never going back to a Panda Express. Like, yeah, like I, it's ba- I I treat Panda Express the same way I treat Nick Foles. <laughs> never, never, ever again. But could Panda Express start for the Vikings? That's the question. <laughs> That's the question. Uh, next one at James Hemming. He says, "Any chance Joe Flacco could be a top twelve quarterback this year?" Yeah, sure. Ah, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe I'll say high end QB too. Yeah, I actually really, I mean, really like, like he, him. He, he, he could be a low end one, maybe. I, I, you, you sound like Larry David there for a second. You're like, <laughs> well, pretty, pretty. Um, you know, he's. Uh, I, I really like him actually in two QB leagues. I keep getting him there, but yeah. Uh, next one at Donov Ben. What real world job would would enjoy? Would you enjoy if you had your pick? Wait, is this an open ended question? Apparently, what real world job <laughs> would you enjoy if you had your pick? What if you could be anything? Well, if it, if I could be anything, I'd be a magician. Wow! I, I so you're eleven? You're eleven years old? <laughs> Look, I love I I love magic, Denny. I can make. I have really good sleight of hand tricks. I don't know what with, I with, with with red sponge balls. Wait, really? Oh, wait. So you can really do this? I can do some. I can do one trick really well. Hmm. And any any of my friends listening to this are probably cracking up right now. I actually did it. I did it with a red sponge ball as we entered our wedding, or our, our reception, not our wedding. You and and people stayed. People said they, they certainly did. And then they I got didn't. a top hat and I, well, I was wearing the top hat and I had a cape on. Yeah. That's that part's not true. Oh God. I was like, Oh my God, really? Is this, did yeah, this that, happen? That part's not true. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. I don't, a real, a real life job. I mean, I'd like to be a greeter at Walmart. Is that, I would assume. Okay. I would assume that you're thinking like we do fantasy football all the time, full time. No. That's not the case. I don't, uh, I mean that. like, 
I work at Number Fire, but it's not like I mean I'm I'm managing all the content on the site, running the content. It's great and it's a lot of freedom and I write about fantasy and do and do spots all the time and that's part of my job, but that's not all of my job. Um yeah. at, next one, at Nick Meld. JJ, does all of your the recent hype for Michael Thomas take a little wind out of your silk laden Kobe Fleener sales? I think that's a good question. Have you have you downgraded the way you view Kobe Fleener because of Michael Thomas? To me, I think all four of those guys in that offense can eat. No, I don't. I don't see it as as one or the other um, necessarily. I mean, for a long time, you know, not a long time, but for a while, Colston and Graham were were fine. Right. Yeah, I think the you know, I think as like he's still a rookie. Fleener's been just as good in camp. Breeze has already talked up Fleener. Um, I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. Uh, next one at K Robinson, four, seven, eight, one pick one skydive into a giant net with no parachute. Did you see that by the way? No, I don't know what that, no, a dude sky jumped out of an airplane into a net without a parachute. Oh, like on the ground. Wow. Uh, never watch another snap of football or MMA match versus Ronda Rousey with no pay. I do the MMA match because I think I can. I, I I would never. I would die if I did the the skydiving and I can't not watch football. Um. Yeah. Well, I would definitely die in the ring. Um, within seconds. So uh, I'm gonna go. Wait, I have to choose one to. Out yeah, of you got to do one. Um. I mean, I've always wanted to not watch football. <laughs> so, God, you're the worst. So I'll go with that. Good thing you guys are listening to this fantasy football podcast. Oh wait, a uh, I, 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 my, the reason is, is because I, I believe that watching football contaminates the way I see the game. But we can get into that later. Okay. The next one at Devin Van Beek. How early is too early to draft Charles Sims in an MFL ten? Saw him go in the mid sixth hmm. recently in one. I think he's. I think mid seventh is really where you should be targeting him. I don't. I don't. JJ. I don't. I don't understand. The Charles Sims love. Oh, I love I love Charles I, Sims. I don't. But you do, have to. It goes back to the Yeldon thing, I think, where like you have to think. Not only does Charles Sims have usable weeks in him, right? But if something happens to Doug Martin, Charles Sims is probably in a really really good spot in terms of of week right. week fantasy. And I agree with you, which is why I would love to take Charles Sims in the twelfth round. Yeah, but, but he's still going. He's still. I mean, he still caught how many passes last year? Like he's still. I can look it up right now, just to give you an example. Well, I I just last I, year he had he had he had fifty one catches last year, mm. seventy targets, a hundred uh, over a hundred rushes. I mean, he's still a, a good fantasy asset. It feels it feels inflated. Without a Doug Martin injury, it feels inflated. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next one uh, is from. At sports guys, sports guy tweets thoughts on bachelor parties. Any good stories from yours? <laughs> well, I'm going to a lot of them. So. Yeah, right. You're going to a marathon session. Uh, I I have a I have a good a good one for mine. Um, oh, it could be one of two. So I'll go with the first one. We're gonna end, we're gonna end with this question too. Okay, good. It was my it was my bachelor party. We went down downtown to DC. It was like eight of us. We go to a uh, uh, you know a gentleman's club, uh, as they, as they call it, and and so I at that time had never been to one. Okay, so I am I'm a newbie. I just look at a place. I find it to be 
pretty gross inside. I'm sitting at the table and the, the guys with me start like banging the table and chanting for me to go up to the stage. Right. And including my brother-in-law, uh, uh, who was, who was, you know, like 20, 21 at the time. And he's chanting. He's like, he's like, go up, go up. So I finally, just to make them stop, I finally get up out of my seat. I'm walking toward the stage with the dancers. My brother-in-law stands up and goes, you're sick. You're marrying my sister. <laughs> <laughs> you're sick. You're disgusting. I, I, I actually almost died right there. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, mine, we were, we were at a, we had a house at, in Myrtle beach. There was 11 of us and we had a pool at the house and we were pretty close to the, the beach. We were right, right across the street from it. And when we got there, you know, we were, you know, it was a Friday and we started drinking at like three or something whenever we got there. My one buddy who was pretty much sober at the time, I mean, he barely drank anything. He just takes his phone. I mean, this was last year and he takes his phone and he just throws it into the pool like wow. immediately when he gets there. And this is my, my one, he's a buddy. He's a very, he's hilarious. This guy he throws his phone in the pool and he's like, don't worry guys, it's waterproof. And we're like, oh, thank God. Like, why would you do something like that? So later in the night he's drunk. Okay. And he throws his phone into the pool again. Little did he realize that when he threw the phone into the pool the first time, because he had a case on it, which is why it didn't break. Oh. When he threw it in the first time, the case broke. Oh, no. So the phone just got destroyed the second time that he did it. Wow. Wait, I, 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 guess, I guess when you're when you're super loaded, then something like that makes sense. But you said that he wasn't drunk the first time he threw it in. Well, the first time it was just like, hey, watch this. I have a phone that has a case on it and it's not going to get screwed up by throwing it in the pool. And it didn't. It didn't. But it cracked it like enough that when he did it the second time, it got all screwed up. Oh, we my. Also, you know, it's a really cool tradition if you guys are younger and you're about to go to bachelor parties and stuff um, is if you make a – so we did this for my brother's bachelor party when, when he got married you know, five or six years ago. They did it for mine too. You make a really embarrassing t-shirt and you have a Sharpie and you go out to bars and you have women say like really disgusting things on that t-shirt. It's a good time. I, they say some really, really insane shit. Right. Like, uh, Jeff Latron, like, Laquan Treadwell in the 10th round. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just, they say, they start just giving this like off the wall fantasy advice. It's crazy <laughs> when they're just, just hammer drunk on this random Saturday night. Yeah. They're like Gostowski in the fifth. Yeah. Well, my, so my, my t-shirt itself was, so my, my wife's uh, uncle who we are very close with, uh, is a big Ravens fan. He lives in Virginia. And the very first time I ever went to his house, we go to their house for Thanksgiving every year. The very first time I went to his house, they made me, cause I couldn't decline this. I couldn't say no because they were feeding me and I was staying there. They made me put a Ray Lewis jersey on. Oh my God. And so they took a picture of it. And that picture still circulates. Some people have it. My brother had it. He gave it to my buddy, and they put it on the T-shirt of my uh, my my bachelor party T-shirt, and it says, "Everyone's raving about the bachelor." And there's a picture of me with like my <laughs> stupid ass Ray Lewis jersey on. I remember that you showed me that picture. That you looked yeah. you looked you looked less than happy in that picture. Yes, I was pretty devastated. But that's a great a great idea for any of you that are going to be going on bachelor parties. It's a it's a really fun time just to like interact with people that are around you and just have a good time with it. Little did you know you're going to get hashtag bachelor party takes. On we could podcast. do a whole show on this. We could, we could. I mean, I, look, 
we're we're pretty lame, but when we're pretty white, but we're we can have a good time. We're very we're very white, but yes, yeah, and and we we can. In fact, I think it might be not a, a terrible idea to do that, but we'll see. Yes, yes. All right, Denny, that does it for the questions. Where can everyone find you? Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on Twitter, and uh, check out DraftDayConsultants.com if you're looking for some consultation before, during, and after your upcoming drafts. Word. I am JJ Zacharies, and you can find me on Twitter at LateRoundQB, all my work over at NumberFire.com. All the guys that I talked about today on the podcast, they will be in article form tomorrow morning, first thing. Uh, and also check out my periscopes that I'm doing every day at 3. I'm not going to be able to do it tomorrow. Actually, I might be able to earlier in the day. Um, but anyway, I I, uh, I do them every day at 3. It's just a fantasy Q&A. Um, and I try to just answer as many questions as I possibly can in a half hour time. So check that out. And then obviously on Twitter at late round QB, Denny, let's go get some milkshakes and I will fart all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Now it won't take long. It's fast. Oh!